Yeah, okay, yeah. Usually when I go live, for some reason, my guests know before that we're live than I do, but we're live. I know it, Dal. I see it. Hey, it's Brent Leary. Another few good minutes this week. Now, I was supposed to be out in Vegas this week checking out Sweet World for the first time in, in three years live. But unfortunately, you know, with the, the hurricane situation, got a little dicey, so I decided to stay here. But I am really happy and excited to have the EVP and founder of NetSuite, Evan Goldberg, join me. Evan, thank you for joining me today, man. So glad to be here. Virtually. Would have been better live, but, you know, we'll, as I said, we'll be here next year and we'll, we'll keep the place warm for you. <laughs> it's very warm. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you don't have to be too warm, but I, I get it. Uh, so, all right. Uh, you guys did virtual 2020. You started back with the you know, with the conference last year. I guess opened the door a little bit. What's this year like? Are we getting closer and closer to kind of full speed ahead again? Yeah. Well, in fact, um, our our theme of our conference is full suite ahead. So apparently, <laughs> we think so. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, if it has all the energy of pre-pandemic, uh, you know, fantastic uh, attendance and uh, people seem very energized. I mean, obviously there's a ton going on out of the world and, and businesses um, are having to navigate, um, you know, things that um, no one likes to necessarily have to navigate, but there's still so much energy. Startups always have such an optimistic attitude about the world. I mean, that's why they do it. They take a leap of faith initially and they kind of maintain that optimism through their, uh, through their life cycle. All right. So this is the third year in a row that we've done this virtual uh, dance. So 2020, 2021, and now today, I have a clip from me asking you a question about the environment, the business environment. And it was last year, but I have to set this up because I asked you this question two years ago. Then I asked it again last year. All right. I'm going to play your answers. And then, of course, you know what's coming next. I got to ask you about what, uh, what's going on this year. So uh, here's uh, here's going meta last couple of years with this question. Okay. Ask you a question about supply chain and logistics uh, <laughs> leading up to the first uh, for this first holiday season pandemic that was last year. Here's what you said last year when I asked you that question. Businesses have to be prepared for radical shifts in supply chain. They have to diversify. We have a customer. Natamu, who's a dairy-free ice cream maker, and they moved some of their supply chain from Asia to uh, Mexico, sort of closer to home. But you know, by doing that, they're sort of diversifying and, and making themselves more resilient to shocks. And a lot of what we work on at NetSuite is helping customers be resilient to changes in the supply chain. Wow. <laughs> but you notice I was still rocking the NetSuite thing last year, too. Awesome, so I just... What are we facing now? How does it differ from last year? Now we have sort of, you know, a combination of the supply and demand, both kind of going in the opposite directions, I guess. One of the things that we've been sort of pioneering for a while is supply chain control tower. And that's sort of what you need. Unearthing, you know, where orders have risk, giving you a sort of scorecard of vendors' ability to deliver to you we always try to do you know sort of like i said at, at netsuite is give you this great visibility into all the things that are impacting 
your ability to deliver to your customers, which is obviously what you want to do, get them the right product at the right time and at the right cost to you. All right. I was, you said a lot in those, those uh, two year back-to-back responses to that same question. So uh, the thing that caught my attention at the very end is getting the customers the right stuff at the right, uh, you know, at the right time. And then you threw in at the right cost to you as, as the business. So, yeah. you know, the first two years, the you know, two years ago was all about, oh, this is the first shopping season for the pandemic. What's going to happen last year is like, oh my God, we got all these supply chain issues. Oh my, you know, what's going to happen this year. It's like, are we in a recession or, you know, inflation, interest rates, what's going to happen. So, What's going to happen? I mean, what are your customers? What are your businesses faced uh, with this year? I'm asking my colleagues whether they whether I brought it. I might have left it back at the hotel room. Um, you know what, though? I think one thing, and it's really interesting to see that. And by the way, it kind of looked like one of those things where you point the camera at the at the monitor and you get like that infinite version. Um, because I haven't changed a bit, obviously. I have the beard. Hey, but look, I have the beard. I have a little bit, but yeah. I'm still um, wearing the Netflix thing too, man. Look. Awesome, dude. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm wearing a suit because I had my keynote this morning. Um, no, so I think what you have seen is is there's been just these crazy gyrations and supply goes up, demand goes down, goes up, goes down. And, and they've been unpredictable because life has been unpredictable. Um, I feel like you know, despite the fact that we obviously have some headwinds uh, maybe on the horizon, that we're getting back to some degree of normalcy of how the world was in 2019. And I think what that means is ultimately you should have some tempering of these crazy gyrations and things should get back to semi-normal. And it just sort of works itself out. I mean, right now you're seeing like lumber costs have absolutely plummeted because housing, you know, far less demand for housing. And so I feel like these things will start to themselves. It's not like it's going to be easy and and businesses are going to still have to deal with a decent amount of uncertainty, but I feel like we're going to kind of, you know, gyrate our way and there'll be like, you know, the oscillations will be a little less uh, pronounced um, to something that we remember from way back in the day. But again, I left my crystal ball back at the uh, hotel. So if you know, so if next time lumber costs are like ten times as much as they are today, please, <laughs> please don't show that. Don't worry. Uh, you know, next year when we do this, you kind of know what's going to be coming. Right? <laughs> All right. So um, let's talk about some of the announcements because as I thought about, you know, as I watched this, and you you mentioned, you know, meeting the customer, making sure you get them what they want when they want it. And also at a price point that makes sense for the co- the business. I think of a couple of different inputs to that. I think of uh, workforce management. I think of warehouse management. Uh, I know you have a couple of announcements around those two. So maybe you could touch on, uh, you know, maybe not just those, but the, the announcements that you want people to know about. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had four announcements today um, in terms of product announcements, and they all were similar, I'd say, in the following way. We've listened to our customers and said, where do you have pain where you have people that are spending time on manual error-prone processes 
where you'd much rather have them be adding more value to the business and focused on strategic concerns. And in each of these areas, you know, for salespeople trying to configure complex products, for shift schedulers trying to figure out how to get, you know, kind of the optimal schedule for workers in, a, in their factory, in their warehouse, in their customer service uh, center, um, you know, it, it, each of them really uh, is, 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 is very similar. Um, you know, one of the things that we announced today was in AP automation and just the same thing. You have people in your, you know, in your accounting department that are sitting there just trying to go through bills, figure out, you know, are they right? You know, when am I going to pay them? How can I um, optimize, uh, optimize cash flow? So, you know, all of these are really, it, it, it's in some sense, it's, it's, you might call it blocking and tackling. I mean, if you want to use a football analogy, because, um, this is a stuff that affects so many different companies, regardless of vertical, um, because, you know, so many different types of companies have people that are, you know, hourly workers. So many different companies have, uh, they do shipping from their warehouse. They do configure price quote or they do AP automation. Those are really the four major areas. And, um, and they all have, they all have these complaints. So we just really responding to the customers and, um, you know, this incremental, uh, this incremental, you can get your employees is super, super important, especially when labor is, you know, you have this labor shortage and it's hire people. And, you know, when you get someone great, you don't want them working on stuff that basically the computer could do. And, and so we're trying to have the computer do the stuff so the people can work on the stuff that the computer can't do. Uh, when you think of the kind of the economic uncertainty, you know, the, the specter of a recession, inflation just won't go away. Uh, does it become even more critical for businesses to have this kind of integrated platform that allows you to bring together front office and back office in a way that allows you to have a little bit more of a handle on what's going on with the business without yeah. having to spend all your time trying to figure it out? That's such a great point. And let me give you a great example. You know, uh, what's the productivity of your salespeople? I mean, the only way you're going to be able to figure out is if you take the sales information and combine it with the financial and HR information. How much do they cost, you know, both in terms of expenses as well as salary? What kind of, you know, obviously from the sales system, how much are they bringing in? What's the sales cycle look like? How many can they bring in per year? And it just, you know, what's the ROI of adding a new salesperson? They're hard to find. They could be, you know, wages are up, they can be expensive. And the only way you can get that sort of real ROI um, assessment is when you pull multiple systems together. People try to do it sort of with and bottom, the term it, and it usually doesn't work. And that's where NetSuite really excels. So talk about some of the things that you've heard recently from customers in terms of their what are they focusing in on right now, particularly as we sit here with this kind of this, you know, pins and needles environment when it comes to what's going on with the economy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, as I said before, fast growing businesses are always optimistic and they're always focused on growth. I don't care what's happening in the world. I mean, you know, the aliens could be invading and they'd be like, where's my next sale coming from? And, um, you know, maybe I can sell to the aliens. Uh, so, you know, there always is that optimism um, and still, you know, asking, you know, how do, how do I find my next customer? How do I make sure I deliver a great product to them so they go and tell two friends and so on? Um, but, you know, certainly 
there's a little trepidation out there. Um, you know, I just kind of batten down the hatches a little bit. I think, um, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't want to be caught, um, unawares if this big storm comes. And mm -hmm. so, you know, that's a time where you just, again, want to kind of focus on some of the places where you could be saving money. And that's comes circles right back to these announcements. It's probably why we're getting these kinds of requests from customers. Again, hard to find great people. They're expensive. I want to, you know, I don't know what the future is going to bring. So I want to make sure I've really got my, you know, my ship, you know, my ship running as a smooth running, whatever, use whatever transportation analogy you want. But, um, you know, I, I, I want to make sure that, um, you know, everybody's doing uh, stuff that's really, really valuable for the business uh, because I don't, you know, I don't know how much I'm going to have to kind of, you know, constrain things over the next coming months, quarters and years. Yeah. I want to put up this, uh, this quote from you from the two years ago. Yeah. There's not as much of a clean divide between product companies and service companies. Product companies want to deliver some of their goods as subscriptions and service companies sometimes want to deliver products. Have you, are, are, are the lines still blurring or are the way that these operate? Is it hardly yeah. any difference now <laughs> compared to before? No, you know, it's more than ever. And you know, today in my keynote, we talked about this sort of composite company that we came up with based on talking to so many of our you know, 32,000 companies. And this is a company that was delivering a product, delivering an internet service, and delivering like people services, professional services. And we're seeing so much more of that, and um, which is, you know, Hindsight is twenty twenty. In this place, it's good hindsight in that we can look back and say, you know, thank goodness we decided early on at NetSuite that we weren't going to bias ourselves to product companies or service companies or not-for-profits or software companies, that we were going to try to really handle all the needs of all of them. And, you know, the modern company, I think that they, they come up thinking this way. You know, obviously, our, our, our uh, younger uh, uh, entrepreneurs, um, you know, bring incredible freshness and it's amazing to see, you know, talk about, you know, they also talk about, you know, often talk about the di digital generation, the, 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 the digital uh, natives and all that. And I kind of feel like there's the hybrid company natives, um, these young entrepreneurs that just think that way. They're like, I'm not going to pigeonhole myself as a product person, you know, product company or service company. I'm going to do it all because I know that that's how I can deliver on this great idea I have in the best possible way. And, and, and it's great to see these organizations adopt NetSuite and get tons of value out of it. Uh, so I can see, you know, just from hearing you, you're extremely passionate about this stuff. And, you know, I'm thinking back to what was NetSuite? Uh, when did you found NetSuite? 1999, 1998? All right. So we're talking about 24 years. You're 24 yeah. years into this, man. Why do you still have this passion? Why are you still doing this? <laughs> well, you, you kind of like, it's the ultimate, I guess you could say in job security, but really it's the, like, it's the ultimate in not being able to do another startup because like if you're interested in business software for fast growing businesses, we kind of do it all. I mean, like everything I look at, I'm like, I mean, not like I'm thinking about starting a company, but I do kind of laugh when I have a good idea. I'm like, well, I mean, it's obviously a feature of NetSuite, so I can't start that company. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, put myself in a position where I just have to stick with NetSuite. 
but it's, it, you know, it's my baby. Um, we are investing really, really heavily in the next generation of NetSuite. And I'm so excited for you to be in here in person. I don't want to undersell what we're doing this year, but every year we have so much great stuff in upcoming NetSuite because we're investing so heavily in the technology, next generation business user experience to make it for, you know, these entrepreneurs, they now come from the world of TikTok and, and, and all, you know, all these great tools that they're using for marketing and for and just in their personal lives. They're like, why don't my business systems work like this? And there's all this great AI out there. Why are, you know, is AI not being applied to my business? So, you know, we're really, really pumped to take some of the great technology advances that people are seeing sort of in their everyday lives. These great business, these great user experiences that people have in their personal lives with their technology um, and taking it and applying to business. And the good news is like all the bad stuff that people talk about, we're not putting any of that in. <laughs> Only the good stuff. Well, that, that, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Uh, won't be any how? elections will not be in jeopardy. From <laughs> no big lies or anything. I right, gotcha. No, no, um, no, <laughs> this so, is true. You don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. So they better be right. There it is. How many years has it been since uh, the Oracle you know, acquired you guys? About 10 years. So uh, about just about five years, a little over five years. Five years. Uh, give me your, you know, give me your synopsis of five years. Is yeah. it what you thought it would be? Or what's, well, what's, you know, what's, I didn't know, I didn't know what to expect. You know, the biggest surprise for me was Oracle was never known as a company that put a huge amount of effort and energy into user experience. It was more like we have the best technology and we sort of dare you to use it. Um, and I don't think I, I don't think Larry Ellison would deny that if he, you know, if he's tuning in uh, today. Um, but they've done a 180 degree flip. I mean, they are like, we are going to make our products the best products to use for everyday users. And I had no idea that this was going to happen. I mean, I used to joke that, like, you know, I know Larry personally, and I'd go into his personal, you know, meet with him personally, or go into what, you know, Larry World whatever. And I'd be like, Oh my God, this has the best user experience of anything anywhere. And I'm like, why don't we have that in the products? And um, now they're doing it. I'm not saying they're taking exactly, it's not an exact analogy, but I mean, Larry has become very passionate about it and they've invested heavily and we're drafting off of that for sure. And we have our own great ideas as NetSuite and Oracle has been incredible at keeping us independent enough that we can continue to drive our ideas. We have a different sort of market than more your traditional Oracle product. And yet let us also um, liberally, you know, beg, borrow and steal from all the great stuff that they've developed over the years. So we have a couple add-on products um, for NetSuite that are amazing. NetSuite planning and budgeting, which is really like a really sophisticated, but easy to use planning and budgeting system um, way beyond what you have uh, normally in NetSuite. Um, NetSuite Analytics Warehouse, which is a data warehouse custom designed for NetSuite to allow you to get NetSuite data alongside other data in your business. And these are based on super powerful technologies um, from Oracle that we've adapted for our customer base. And, you know, they're, they're uh, flying off the, the virtual shelves, as it were. So, you know, it's been, I think it's been a great combination with a good tension between letting us move forward on our plan and allowing us to, um, you know, draft off of what they're doing. Oh, I mean, you mentioned so many things I want to dig into, but we don't have a lot of time because you're you're gracious with your time stepping away from the conference for a while. Let me ask you: so you've been you know you've been in the industry for for a long time. 
What are some of the things that you're surprised that haven't changed for the better yet? Out of the you know 24 years since you started uh, NetSuite, what things are like really we're still dealing with this? That's a great question, um, and I have to think about that for a bit. I mean, I, I mean, so much has gotten better, and uh, you know, I think there have been some things have been overhyped. I mean, everybody thought when the internet came along and business started using the internet that it was going to fix all the, you know, the problems of the world because, oh, look, everything connects. Well, it turns out it's not quite that simple. You know what we see, and I mean, maybe this is a little self-serving, but uh, we still see companies dealing with the complexity of using tons of different business systems and tons of different systems. And yeah, they're all on the internet, but that's like kind of saying, oh, you know, here's a cell phone. You know, before it was a landline, now it's a cell phone. So now you can talk to this person in France. It's like, yeah, but they're still speaking French. Um, yeah, I can do it hard now instead of inside. But, um, so, you know, I, I think that um, the promise of making everything work together um, and, and we just try to do our part in our little realm to make things work uh, better together. But there's still tons and tons of work because we see businesses really kind of getting swamped in technology. Um, and I think, you know, that really ties to the other thing that I'd say is that technology in a lot of cases has just not gotten easier to use. In some cases, it's gotten harder to use. And that's because everybody tries to build every bell and whistle into, into their technology. That's their way of sort of competing. Um, and, you know, as a result, it just gets more and more and more complicated. And I feel like this revolution in the business user experience is all about sort of, you know, really... I don't want to say dumbing down, but just sort of going more minimalist and saying, let's really, really religiously go after the sort of, you know, do the 80-20 rule and make sure that what users see is what they need and that we really use progressive disclosure to make sure they don't get overwhelmed and just sort of give up. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of great revolutions, but there's, you know, it'll never end. All right, Evan, this has been really great. So what do you want people to walk away from Sweet World knowing, taking away? Well, you know, I mean, Sweet World is primarily aimed at our existing customers. And what I want them to take away is, wow, there's some better ways that I can use NetSuite to be more efficient, to make my employees, you know, uh, focus more on stuff that's going to value, add value uh, to my business and less on the kind of manual drudgery. And I want to find out more. That's what we hope. And, and the other thing I'd like them to take away from Sweet World is I just met this other super cool NetSuite customer that's doing something that would be really great for us to do in our business. Hmm. Nice. All right. And, and what, what do you think uh, I'll be asking you next year about the, how this last year was? Well, three years ago, you said this. And then two years ago, you said this. And then last year, you said this. So probably hey. that. And I think you'll be asking me, and I hope you'll be asking me, you mentioned last year, sort of this next generation business user experience. What do you have to show for it this year? Mm, I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep that in mind. I'll, I'm just going to record it. But I'll also probably hopefully see you and I'll be wearing this same thing next year. One hopes. Well, we'll try to keep the weather very calm across the country. <laughs> so we can get you here. Evan, it's been a pleasure. Thanks again for the time. Thanks and uh, enjoy the rest of the sweet world, man. Thanks again. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. All right. All right, folks. I'll see you tomorrow with CRM players. Until then, see ya.